Hello and welcome to Trolls of the Two Tunbridges, or TOTTB. My name is John, and I'll be your Percival Silverlight today. Thank you for joining us once again with your earphones of fun and your podcast player of choice. We truly do appreciate it. Join us on all of the social media channels on TOTTB Podcast. Say hello, we'll wave a hand, send us a picture of your left foot. Please don't do that. It's weird. Onwards to adventure! Log of Percival Silverlight. Our current quest is to discover the truth regarding the dino races and the alleged cheating therein. Ifan Talroa, one of the merchant princes we have yet to solicit help from, both with the Death Curse and the Order of the Gauntlet, is having a dinner party tonight, and we are the guests. There are two potential issues, though. Problem the first. Talroa is allegedly involved in the dino race cheating. And problem the second. Siliqui has just been accosted in the street by a man channeling the spirit of Grandfather Satembe from the Temple of Savras, who is currently in the form of some magical coma in his chambers. Why can I not have a simple dinner party? Oh well, off to Zetembe and adventure! I'm just going to turn to the others in general and go, Grandfather Zetembe, and run. Oh, you're going you're gonna to run? Oh, okay. All oh, yep. right, okay. So you're going you're gonna to run to the... Um to the Temple of Severus. the Temple of Severus, okay. Um, seeing Zibi wow. hurtle off like that, are the rest of you going to follow at full pace? Yes, or? Yeah. yes instantly. Um, yeah. I'm going to tell the guy who's just wondering what the fuck's just going on. Um, it's like, um, I believe it, um, from what Zibi just made me realise, um, I think it was Grandfather Zatembe speaking through you. Now, I don't know if it, if he's trapped or if it's something going on at the temple. So we're going to leave you and, and she starts shouting, bye! As she's running ready. <laughs> so lagging slightly behind, Siliqui follows yeah. you, but the rest of you just it's charge okay. off fast, though, charge off through. Um I'd like um from uh, in fact from all of you, I'd like dexterity saving throws, please. You're sort of <laughs> heading up through, you're charging full hell. Um and there are a couple of people, like it's not super busy, but there are enough people that a crowd at various points gets in the way. Sixteen. Four. I'd just like to take this moment to say this is the inaugural 
use of my first ever set of proper D&D dice that I'm actually going to roll physically. Because I've always had to borrow sets before, so mm. you're even going to hear it make the noise on the table. It's very exciting oh for all of our viewers. Right. If any, Let's... if anyone listening at home has any sparkling white wine, any prosecco, <laughs> or I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't normally hold be on. one. To hold the phone. That... Hold the phone. I have prosecco from our engagement. Hold on, I'll go get some. <laughs> go open that bottle. I'm... I have a coffee with. Creme brulee syrup in. Will that do? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not normal. I'm not. You know, I'm not so big-headed as to, to suggest that I'm worth champagne. But God damn it, I'm worth champagne. So <laughs> here, here we go. One dexterity. Natural one. Coming up. Come on, natural one. Um, it, it's not great. Um, with my modifier. <laughs> yeah, yeah not two. not great. I got a ten. A ten. Oh. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, so that was a so that was a ten. Ah, oh, like it, little Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep, nice toast there. <laughs> okay, so that was a ten from Rana, a four 16 from sixteen for Siliqui. Sixteen for Siliqui. No, it, was, it wasn't four from Percival, was it? You got fourteen. No, I got four from Zibby. Yeah, four from Zibby. Oh, okay. I got eighteen. Bearing bear in mind that if if Zibby runs into people. He is six foot four and weighs eighteen stone. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's hard armor. It's more a case of it's more (laughs) a case of yeah, it's more of a case of you're bowling people out of the way. Like in this instance, you are the triceratops. Oh yeah, I don't Um, care. But yeah, yeah. But you definitely, you definitely, you, you for you for definite, you go plowing on through them. Rana, you're much the same. You kind of you 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 plow on through barely barely stopping it slows you down enough that Siliqui who's dodging through people and probably yelling out the odd oh, sorry but pardon us um, as she as she goes actually manages to catch you up and personally you similarly you are you are uh, you are like a leaf on the wind just like swirling in between these people and even though you're running in Zibby's way that does kind of make it better but there's the occasional flailing limb as Zibby goes past um, it's kind of, I, I imagine it very like uh, parkour kind of uh, Assassin's Creed. Have you not got any um, <laughs> pluses for your dexterity? Yes, I've got 18. Oh. oh, 18. Full anime run. Your head's forward, your hands are extended at 45 degrees, trailing <laughs> behind you like you have no bones. Naruto run. Yeah, it- see, whereas Siliqui has got a Mission Impossible run instead, but the elbows are up, you know, the hands are up. <laughs> I think... As, <laughs> as you round the hill and you make your way up to uh, the Temple of Severus, you find that the uh, the place is uh, the place is closed um, for the day, but not completely closed. The doors are still open as there are still people sort of milling about. There's the there's a few people. Notably, however, as you make your way up, uh, Gary is not there to greet you. Um, this is the first time that he's he's not been at the door. But you guys, you run up there. Gary, you know your way no. to the. You know your way to the infirmary, so it makes it makes yep. little to no difference. You make your way straight over there, and there's the one or two acolytes that are maybe making their way out, sort of stopping you. Oh Jesus! Or, or rather, up oh, um, Sorry. As you as you uh, <laughs> as you go past, um, you burst into the infirmary, and you look around and you see Grandfather's Tembe is lying over there in the same bed that he's been in. Um, Siliqui runs over to him, grabs his hand. Okay, as you make your way over to him and you sort of you kneel down beside him, you see he's still lying there, still sort of shivering, slightly feverish, kind of like still looking around and, and muttering to himself once in a while. But um, but otherwise, he he still seems exactly the same as when you've last been to see him. Uh, Siliqui says to him, Grandfather, we're here. I, I got your message. Now, um, 
Uh, is there anybody about to win the infirmary, like, I don't know, a nursey type person or anything? At the moment, there isn't, but you can hear voices out in the hallway that suggest somebody is being alerted to the fact that somebody's just run straight into the infirmary. Um, so you get, you can gather that somebody will probably be there in a bit, or perhaps is within <laughs> calling distance if you want to shout for somebody. Uh, Percival, can you um, go and ask if anything's changed with Grandfather? Yes, no problem. Yeah. So I, I, I quickly uh, pop my head out of the door and see if there's anybody kind of legging it towards us, because uh, as as you just indicated, there might be somebody at least behind us. There is, uh, there is in fact somebody coming out in uh, in sort of a much more casual. Um, uh, I don't know how a toga can be casual, but a more casual to- toga than say the normal. Um, <laughs> it's casual toga Tuesday. It is. Yes. <laughs> it's a slight. It's a slightly higher cut. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a, o- opened a bit more at the neck. It's got yeah. his um, favourite band print on it. It's, it's an A line toga. It's got his favourite bard from yeah. the yeah. pub. The, the hair's the hair's down. It's not. It's not. The hair's not like cut, tied up or anything. Yeah. No. The uh, there is a uh, there is someone coming over um, who's sort of like looking to you. Just just kind of like what what are you what are you doing here excuse me can you uh, it's, it's, hello? It's, it's, is it is it a man or a woman sorry uh, it is a woman um, hello i'm Siliqui. Um, I, you're um, not there Siliqui. you're oh, trying sorry, to help grandfather's <laughs> <laughs> um Percival, have you found anyone yes you madam you yes <laughs> are you somebody who has the ability to do some form of first aid i am the matron yes yes what who are you i am percival silverlight madam i will give you my life story later and sign any autographs that you need but now not- you need to talk to grandfather's tembe he contacted us through the spirit realm or something <laughs> contacted you through the i'm sorry what i quick woman to Grandfather Satembe. <laughs> Excuse me. Th- this man is my patient. As she comes in, she sees yes. you guys. Uh, you, sh- you see, she sees you guys uh, gathered around him and she sort of says, just like, Excuse me, this, this man is my patient. What are you doing here? Hello, I'm Siliqui. We've, uh, we've been working with Grandfather Satembe quite a lot. He was actually scrying for us when this happened to him in the first place. Um, we, I have just been personally contacted through one of your acolytes. Contacted through one of your acolytes? The man is unconscious. He has been unconscious the yes, past couple of days. Yes, and he can scry and he, is, he, has, uh, he has powers beyond uh, comprehension, does Grandfather Satembe. You don't know where you work. Me, Zippy <laughs> stands up. He's full six foot four. Looks at looks at this woman and goes, "He has sight beyond sight. Make sure nothing happens to him." I have been doing precisely that, sir. I, what what is this? Yeah, you're not. You're, you're swanning about in your casual toga. <laughs> Percival, this is not helping. Sorry, I apologise. Percival sometimes doesn't have the best bedside manner. Now. I, what I do need, and I, I, I appreciate the fact that you've been looking after him and caring for him, but I do need you to call an emergency meeting right now with the head acolytes um, here. We need to talk to them immediately. Call an emergency meeting? For- now. Okay, roll me a persuasion, please. <laughs> and you can make it with, uh, with advantage because the other two are very clearly helping you. Ooh, okay. Ooh, both of them are actually quite nice. So, 18 and persuasion it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, 20. Dirty 20. Dirty 20, okay. The, uh, so the matron um, sort of, she, she looks as if she's going to argue, but with the four of you um, all looking fairly, uh, fairly firmly at her, she just sort of says, Go and get Steve. <laughs> He'll know. Ooh. Well, I will be back. I will be back in two moments. Please do not do anything. She's actually him. going to get Steve? She goes off. A few minutes later, in which nothing in particular changes with September, he still seems to be lying there in in state, barely 
barely sort of making any sense, mumbling but not really saying anything articulate. Um, Steve comes in um, and he is wearing uh, he is wearing uh, much more like a sort of silken kind of robe um, clearly sort of like setting down for the night and he comes in he's got curlers in his hair or something I don't know um, <laughs> uh, he, he comes in um, followed, followed by the matron says now what is the meaning of this I understand that grandfather's attempt is dear to you but what in the god's name has caused you to come and disturb him like this. Hello, Steve. I, I'm very sorry to trouble you. And um, uh, I, we were out. Um, we hadn't been drinking. We were out about to do something. Um, Grandfather Zatembe, you know, he has um, unimaginable mm. powers and things. He actually spoke to us, all of us, through one of your acolytes. He, he spoke I mean, we have, in his own we have voice. pretty well documented his prowess. But yes, yes, uh, he, he contacted you through who? Through one of your acolytes. Ezekiel, I believe his name was. Ezekiel? What? Yes, he's in his early 40s. He he came over all funny, landed on Siloquy, and then spilled his guts about help something. In in uh, in Grandfather Satembe's voice, he asked to help me. His eyes rolled in the back of his head. And then, um, and then he went limp. And then when he came back to, he didn't remember any of it. He had his normal voice again. It was definitely Grandfather Satembe speaking through him. So I'm wondering if he's trying to contact us from the other side of sorts. Steve takes a moment to process what you've said, to think it through. It's a bit of a head fuck, isn't it, Steve? He just sort of looks at you and just says, that, I mean, Grandfather Sedembe is, is, is the most skilled of us, but let me see him. He walks forward and he gestures the matron to come forward and asks you to sort of... Finally! take a step back and they, uh, the two of them start to look closer at Grandfather's Tembe. They're sort of pulling back his eyes, having a look at him, listening to his chest, sort of taking his pulse. Um, and after about after about five minutes or so, they stand back up and they sort of, they, they whisper back and forth a little bit, mumbling, a little, little out of earshot for you guys, but they eventually sort of say, well, he doesn't appear to have changed. I would like to try and listen to what they said. Uh, so yes, uh, roll me a. Uh, what's that going to be? An earwigging. Yeah, an earwigging. <laughs> that's technically a perception. Investigation. Uh, yeah, or yeah, yeah, that's, perception, I think. Yeah, it's perception roll, sort of mixed with sleight of hand. But let's say let's say perception because that's sleight of ears. More sleight of ears. <laughs> yes. Perception. Yep, three. <laughs> First of all, as far as yep. you're concerned, uh, what they said was, "Have you checked his weasel?" Well, I'm not entirely sure if anything's changed with that. It's just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it looks different, Weasel. but it, yes, yeah. That's that's as, as far as as far as personal is aware. That's what they okay. said. Um, um, so he said something about weasels. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they do look to you openly and say, "We can't find anything changed with them. At least not since we last looked at him." And the matron says, "No, I I, I made an examination of him early this morning." Uh, I can understand that, but what if? Um like you know when he saw the thing with red eyes and it all went wrong and he got he ended up this way i'm wondering whether some weird way like a curse or something has been put on him and his soul and his personality all of that is trapped somewhere else and he's speaking through other people to to Um, get help like he's trapped somewhere it's certainly possible um i mean it's it would it would fit it would fit the majority of his of his symptoms that it's some sort of curse but um, can I ask somebody, please, to go and knock up for Wakanga? Knock up um, Wakanga. He, That's, you want somebody to knock, knock up Wakanga? Up, no. Knock for, um, no, yeah. knock for Wakanga. He okay. deals 
primarily with things like magic and stuff. I think it'd be important for him to be here right now too, being that he's been working so much with Grandfather's Dembe. I think he would like to know. He was here earlier today, but I mean, we can, if you really want him, I mean, you can either, if you want to go, go get him yourself. I think she really wants him. <laughs> so the Queen, um, she doesn't want to leave Grandfather's Dembe at the moment, being that it was the guy fell on her and spoke to her so as much as you know it'd be easy for her to quickly go and knock on uh, Wakanga's door and probably to be honest with you I, I don't really know if there's anything we can really do apparently there's been no change but I, t- I tell you what I've probably got more of a um, a rapport with Wakanga let me go and grab him um, just because I think it's important that he has been trying all different things to counteract types of curses or spells it might be worth it. the fact that grandfather's tembe has gone out of his way to say help him no I'm that's absolutely that true if we don't do something now it might be too late no so, abs- um, absolutely i i'm completely happy he's just over the way uh, what we can oh, do i know is... where he's out is thank you and do you of course we've <laughs> been there many a time <laughs> we, all, we all do <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go knock for him on the way over to uh, Ifan's. I think Ifan's going to have to wait, frankly. I mean, as much as we promised the Kenne, blah, 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 we helped you. Grandfather's a Tembe, we have more of an attachment to. The only reason he's in this state in the first place is because he was trying to help us. And I think he should be our priority right To be now. honest with you, Siliqui, I don't see that there's been any change. He's obviously quite, quite talented and... and uh, intelligent people who are looking after him here. But why would he have made contact with us if he doesn't need help? Regardless to the physical changes, I think it could be something more. If you wouldn't mind staying here a minute, Percival, and try not to piss off the nurse anymore, please. Let me go and grab Wakanga and I'll be right back. Very well. Is everybody okay with that? Uh, I mean, I don't know what use I'm really going to be here, but I I guess Uh, so. Yes, I was going to ask if I could make um, a medicine check. Of course you can. Mm. Yeah, by all means, make a, mm. make a medicine check. Uh, I have plus five on medicine. Of course. Uh, uh, so you that's... can even go so far as to make it with advantage, because technically you can do it sort of as they're Well, that's a 19 for the well, first so one. sort of helping you with it. Ooh, nice. Is that 19 dirt, uh, natural or uh, dirty 19? No, with 30. Uh, and then 11 okay. for the second one, so 19 in total. 19 in total, okay. So... Mm. You have a good look at the uh, have a good look over the body, and you uh, with your with your background, you do have a fair a fair history of helping to you know sew people back up and to you know check for all the sort of vital signs. But even with that role, your conclusion is the same as theirs. Mm. Nothing has changed between when you last saw Grandfather Tembe and now. This particular um, phenomenon that you've witnessed is very peculiar, and as I say, you were the one that put it together. You knew that it was Grandfather Tembe's voice, but as you can tell, nothing has changed for him physically. Spiritually, it's a lot harder to tell. It's not mm. very not very much you can do with a medicine check to work that out, I'm afraid. There isn't really anything I can cast apart uh, to try and help him. Apart from lesser restoration, I don't think that's going to do anything. What we need is something like scrying or messaging, something where you can talk just into the mind, isn't it, almost? But we haven't got anything. Not at the moment, you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Siliqui, you make your way yeah. out, and as you're making your way across to Wakangas, you are vaguely aware of somebody going, oh, uh, Siliqui, and you sort of you turn, and you see uh, Volo is sort of standing beside another villa, um, sort of 
waving towards you as he as he sees you. Um, but I assume you kind of don't divert to go and talk to him. You just go no, straight I to No, I just Wakanias. shout at him and say, follow, I'm really sorry, it is an emergency. We will be there, but it might, we might be a little bit late, but not very much. It is an emergency. I would explain all when we see you in a As you're travelling across, you hear him just kind of go, oh, oh okay. But it's kind of like, <laughs> it's fading into the background as, he, as, you, as you head across. Lovely to see you, by the way, follow. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's literally they they are across the they are across the uh, the like central area of this hill from each other. So it's not like you're going very far away from him, but it's just kind of like you're very clearly going in the opposite direction to where he's standing, and he's just kind of like, uh, oh okay, all right, sure, okay. um, yeah. See what's doing now. Just twiddle my thumbs here. Um, so you make your way to uh, Wakangas, and the two guards there—they—they—they they sort of—they they look to you, they nod, they—they they sort of recognise you, and they say, "One minute." Okay. And they sort of—they—they they pop in to to go get Wakanga, um, and after a few minutes, uh, they return Wakanga with them. Wakanga sort of a little bit tired. He might have been taking a nap of some kind. And he sort of comes back, sort of rubbing his head, and just goes, "My dear Siliqui, this is an unexpected pleasure." Oh, thank you. Um. Sorry, I'm really sorry to wake you, Wakanga, if you were sleeping or whatever you were doing, but it is an emergency. Um, Grandfather Zetembe made contact with us. He woke up? No, he's, his body hasn't changed, but he spoke to somebody else, uh, one of the acolytes. Lead on. Thank and he you. just sort of gestures to the to the temple of Severas and uh, starts following you. And he says, uh, you were saying he was speaking through one of his acolytes? Yes, we um we were on our way to Ifans for dinner. Long story, I'll explain that later. But basically, some random man fell on me from behind, grabbed me. And then when I turned around, his eyes rolled back in his head and he started speaking with Grandfather Zetembe's voice, saying, help me. Started speaking with his voice? Yeah, it was like Grandfather Zetembe spoke through him. His eyes were rolling back in his head and um, he said, help me, in a very, very weak voice, but Grandfather's, distinctively Grandfather Zetembe's. And then the man collapsed on the floor and then came back to and he doesn't remember any of it. It was like Grandfather Zetembe took over him to speak to me. I've been to the temple and they said nothing's changed with his vitals or his body, but um, I don't think he would have reached out to make contact for nothing. I'm concerned that in some way he's been cursed and he's trapped. Being that you work so well with things like magic and your own unique skills, I, uh, I thought you would be the best person to um, speak to about it. You did the right thing by coming to this, Illiquid. Let's see what the grandfather can tell us then. He sort of he makes his way into the infirmary and the rest of you, as you're sort of stood there, you're just kind of like just sort of waiting for Siliqui to get back. She comes back in uh, with Wakanga in tow. Wakanga is already starting to make gestures with his hands and murmuring in a sort of arcane language, clearly preparing himself to cast some sort of spell. As he moves into the room, he sort of finishes muttering, and you see this little flourish, this sort of glow of light um, in front of him that sort of seeps into his eyes, and then he starts sort of looking over Wakanga, raises his hand, his hand starts to glow, and he starts to sort of pass it over Grandfather Zatembe, looking over him. As he's sort of working, both Steve and the matrons step back, as obviously they do, you know, sort of half bows towards the merchant prince, and he comes in and starts to work. Could, can I work out what it is that he's doing? Uh, roll me an arcana check. Dun, 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 dun. Is your arcana any good? Plus four. Hmm. Yeah, not bad. Oh. There you go, 19. Okay, you can tell that initially what he's casting is a detect magic spell. He seems to be looking for any sort of sources of uh, magical disturbance that might be on Wakanga. 
Percival, as you're sort of looking at him, can I also ask you to make me a perception check, please? <laughs> this is where it all goes wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every perception check. Yeah. Yeah, three. <laughs> all right. oh, I love it when the dice roll to character. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, then. Um, you sort of, you take note of, you take note of the, of the spells that he's casting. Um, I'm more interested in that. Otherwise, yeah, you're sort of you're just you're just yeah. looking at how he's going through it. What sort of uh, what sort of arcane symbols he was drawing in the air in front of him, and trying to pick up on some of the words that he was saying. And you catch enough, as I say, to learn that this is a way of detecting magic. Siliqui, though, yep. um, mm-hmm. you are perhaps the only one who noticed that as you are watching this. The rest of you are kind of watching Wakanga do his work, but you notice as. Wakanga is sort of going over the body. He pauses at one moment, puts his hands down, and he looks up about the room, and he looks towards you, and then glances towards your side, specifically towards one of your hips, sort of narrows his eyes slightly, and then looks back up, sort of shaking his head slightly. And then he says, well, nothing appears to be amiss with Zetembe in terms of a magical effect. He seems still to be just just in the throes of an unconscious state. No magical impacts or effects have been cast or enchanted around him, as far as I can tell. But from what you've told me, it is possible that Zetembe's mind, or perhaps his even his spirit, has been in some way separated from his body. And perhaps through whatever medium he currently finds himself in, he's, he's found a way to push through I've heard talk of some people developing this ability when they've been cursed in such a way the most often way that this manifests is through people that they know especially people that they've had a emotional connection to it helps to ground them back into the waking world again um, so if it was a if it was an acolyte of Severus that in many ways that makes sense the sentiment of what he said is is worrying you know this whole help me that in that infers that in some way grandfather's tembe is in trouble in trouble at the very least yes. he seems to be possibly suffering uh Siliqui, you said that she noticed uh wakanga looking at her hip mm-hmm. um momentarily Siliqui, because she gets like kind of a little bit self-conscious as in like, uh, she puts her hand on that hip or touches that hip Siliqui, as you sort of as you reach down, you find that you have your sort of part of your bag um, is down sort of resting uh, beside your hip. Is your bag, what kind of bag is it that Siliqui wears again? Is one, I was under the impression it was one that she sort of has slung over one shoulder. Yeah, she's got like a little satchel thing and she, you know, just... Yeah. In the 90s, they used to call them slag bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, as it just you... goes over like a diagonal, you know, and it's sort of floppy. As you reach down, you find out that Wakanga was looking at your slag bag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> With that, Siliqui's like, okay. Um, she opens her bag and looks in her bag, or you know, and basically just puts her hand in her bag. Okay. As you do so, you can see any number of items in there that are whatever you carry around <laughs> in your bag. You know what's in your inventory, so you know what will be yeah. uh, what will most likely be in there. One point of order here, uh, just above game, just pointing mm. out... Um, Percival was the one that worked out what Wakanga was doing. Um, he just looked peculiarly at you, just as a sort of by the by 
So you sort of, you can, it is a bit weird yeah, that he decided to look at your hip for no apparent reason, but you haven't put together exactly what he was doing. I know, that's fine. That, that's yeah. fine. It was more that she, even though she hadn't noticed like the whole, you know, him gauging anything, it was just more, what's your problem with my hip? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of, okay. you look in and you just, you see your, you see your things. Nothing seems out of place. Uh, did I miss why he was looking at her hip? Um, no, there wasn't oh, okay. really an explanation for why he was doing it. Um, so but what, you, but between information that I have and like we, yeah, had, there's a little bit of meta game. You might be able to work it out. Yeah, so I don't know if you yeah. heard. I told John because he was working out what Wakanga was doing. He was doing a, basically a detect magic. To oh, and there's a magic thing in her. Yeah, okay. On. We think <laughs> meta game. I'm not going to do anything with that information. It's just. I've just I've just realised that that's also the wrong spelling of bear, isn't it? So that, that is that, the wrong that, that is the wrong spelling of bear. Yes, I'm just I I glanced <laughs> it and I was like I was like phonetically that's right. I mean I was sitting there I was just like no that that, that, that has a far more a far more sexually aggressive yeah, uh, message. Yeah, it was like nice elbow, bro. But I think children, that's I'm like, actually that actually yeah. I've actually upset myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm it's quite disturbing. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't know. No, I didn't know you had children, Wakanga. Why do you want me to get them naked? God, okay. It's a bit weird. <laughs> that, anyway. That's much. That's much more satisfying. Yes. Um, oh yes, yes, far more. Anyway, more wholesome at least. Well, depends. Um, so, Wakanga has told you this information. Is there anything else you guys want to do at this? Excuse me. Moment. Uh, do do I think that there's actually anything that we can do? You know, be be it <laughs> magically Sorry, are you or asking, are you not are, boring are, you. Are, are, you, are, you asking, are you asking the DM? Are you asking the DM what you think? Do do I think? No. What I mean is is okay. What I mean is is literally we should do. No, it's not. Tell me, tell me how to solve this, DM. Give me all of the answers. No, I just, I literally just mean, is there anything that oh, okay, I could the, do to help? With the arcane role that you had earlier, Percival, um, yes. and with what Wakanga's saying about Zatembe being possibly cursed and that this is some sort of magical impact, magically induced coma, um, yeah. what you would know is that you would need a healing spell of probably significant power. One in particular yeah, that comes okay. to mind is Remove Curse. Yeah. That would potentially that is literally a spell the whole purpose of which is to remove the accursed condition from somebody or something um, however as far as you were aware no one you've encountered so far has that kind of magic okay so I am aware of that that bit of magic and I'm aware that that might actually be something that that might be that something be if, you could find, if you could find somebody that can cast remove curse that yeah would be most likely the way of actually um yeah cool because because i myself i'm aware of that i just wanted to know if Percival yeah, would know something yeah, like no, that we'll, yeah we'll, we'll say yeah. that yeah without our without arcana plus the fact of what uh wakanga is saying and kind of sort of between you you could probably like exchange some notes there even and just be like so yeah this is kind of the deal and the problem is i don't have wakanga doesn't have the power to effect that kind of change and as far as he knows what about yeah. Nobody else in Portney and Portney and Zaro does. There are so uh, Zibi, maybe have you got any experience with removing curses or maybe maybe uh, Rana? I don't know. 
Rana shakes his head. Not not until not until I get to not until I get to level five. I noticed you didn't ask me, uh, Percival, but you're quite right. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't tend to be a very uh, magicy kind of person, <laughs> Soliloquy. But yes, um, you're quite right. Yes, <laughs> it's just I'm I mean, pointing it out. That's all. I mean, you kind of. I mean, she's. I mean, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. Um, I, I, I did, certainly didn't want to offend you. Anyway, I, I mean, Zibby, so level five, okay. So how, what is that? One uh, month, two months? Current rate is possibly um, 2027. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> wow. You're not wrong. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a shed load of XP coming up there. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually just trying to. I'm actually just looking myself, just trying to work out. I thought I had looked through and worked out who had it, but the person I was thinking of doesn't actually have it. So, who actually? Who actually could? Uh, d- d- don't worry. This is DM stuff I'm doing in the background. You guys discuss yep. amongst no, yourselves what you're going to do next. Um, Siliqui, um, <coughs> can Siliqui speak to Wakanga while Percival speaking to Zibby? Uh, of course you can. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Wakanga, um, I, I, I mean, are you going to stay with him a while, or, or do you do you um, think that we should wait? wait here i mean obviously i am i'm concerned that he he does need help and um you know he found us to say so and i i'm i'm a little bit reluctant to to go away um but i don't know what to do i mean what, what do you think wakanga grandfather's may has clearly either been or clearly has attempted to get in contact the most obvious reason, perhaps, is because whatever state he is in, he wants to be out of it um, for one reason or another. If he is attempting to contact, maybe he's attempting to contact for some other reason, perhaps. But for now, he is perhaps uh, beyond our help at this moment. Again, there are spells, remove curse greater restoration that might help they can remove curses but as none of you or myself or anyone here at the Temple of Severus has that kind of power we must simply keep looking for what answers we can find right now I appreciate and understand your concerns I feel I kind of feel responsible really that he's in this state because we he was scrying for us to see if he could locate the soulmonger he fell into this state after doing that scrying that I feel like if he didn't do it for us he, he wouldn't be in this state now so I, I kind of feel like we um we owe it to him that is for your own morality to decide Siliqui if I were you I would continue searching meeting new people within your travels you will meet several people people that perhaps have have powers you weren't expecting but you may find somebody that has this power you need and through them perhaps you can work something out I myself will dedicate my studies to trying to find something in my library perhaps that pertains to this power but at most I may need to send off to someone from the mainland from the Sword Coast perhaps one of the great cities to come out and of course with our pirate issue at the minute many of them probably don't want to come that's another thing. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking a little bit about potentially helping with that as well with um, Zindar, but we've got a few things on at the moment. Um, we are meant to be going to dinner with um, Ifan tonight. Well, I say going to dinner. We're going to his for going dinner. Going to a dinner with Ifan? 
Really? Well, we haven't had a chance to speak to him yet. You know how we're trying to help the Order of the Gauntlet as well because of the dire right. mess they're in. Of course. And we need to get the um, Merchant Princes on side. Uh, I don't know, Percival apparently sorted out a dinner party. <laughs> I really can't be asked, to be honest, but he's sorted out this dinner party that we got to go to. So you'll talk to Wakanga, then take his advice, but you won't take mine. That's right, Percival. Anyway, as I was saying, what I might do if you sort of, I might pop by. Um, are, are you going to bed early, or are you um, are you going to be up for a while? He sort of he he grins <laughs> slightly knowingly and says, "My dear, I can stay up if you'd like." Don't get the wrong idea. I was I was merely meaning. I after we spoke to a fan, I, I might like to come and talk to you about um, what our situation is with the, the merchant princes and stuff because. Um, we got the dino racing tomorrow, but the next day we've got the big meeting with all the merchant princes and... Um... Siliqui, we'll be late! Come on! <laughs> so I just, I just imagine sort of um, Siliqui going, oh, are you going to be at... Are you going to go to bed early? And not for me, I'm just asking for a friend. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we can't get... Oh, the other thing is, is um, to be honest, I, I'm going to be so done there, really, after a couple of hours, to be honest. I, um, I will, I'll talk to the guy and everything and and see what we can do but after a couple of hours or so could you potentially send Gary and, and pretend it's something important that I need to go to and, and to, to rescue me in like say two and a half hours come on Siliqui you, you missed my grand entrance <laughs> sounds marvellous to me I shall I, I don't shall, mind what excuse he makes just any excuse if he just says something just to get me out I shall invent a reason that'd be wonderful Wakanga Zippy pipes up and goes uh <laughs> Timmy needs me as well and I'll just I'll just go to the pub <laughs> I assumed I was kind of having a bit more of a... Oh, I suppose if it, if it was in front of people. He does He does look to the rest of um, you and says, just kind of like, I mean, if Percival's any of you off. wish to come... Yeah, Percival's <laughs> already done knocking at the door, going... Right Hello, everybody, I'm here! Nice to meet you again! <laughs> With that, uh, you finish up, you head on out. Wakanga has said, yes, he will He will send somebody to, uh, quote-unquote, save you um, from a fan. Um... <laughs> But yes, you head on over, and Volo is no longer outside. Um, and as you approach the villa that you have been indicated to, a pair of guards stand to attention and say, All right, and who are you? Uh, Percival Silverlight, Chaos Siliqui, um, uh, Rana Cree, and um, our dear friend, the Reverend Zibby here. Because nobody can remember my full right. name. And- Hello. <laughs> well, he actually, he didn't, he didn't say my <laughs> full name, yes. either Zibby. <laughs> And, and you can see one of the guards <laughs> holding his shield just sort of lift, leans his shield forward and looks at the back of it and just goes silver light <laughs> you might have us down under the fisherman's friends I might just be there under Siliqui or Siliqui Nalo come on we haven't got all day that checks out all right. or defenders of the throat or he's just said fall. yes he's just <laughs> said yes 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 you are on the list <laughs> No funny business. Okay. No funny business, mind you. We'll keep our eyes on you. Oh, think you'll find, my good man. None of us are funny. He's not lying, I tell you about As that. As they step aside, they uh, they bow you into Ifan's villa. As you enter the complex um, and see the villa, you are struck once again, in much the same way you've been uh, struck by some of the other villas you've visited, that there's quite similar in build to uh, Wakanga's villa or even uh, Jessamine's. However, the way that Ifan has decorated it is how it sort of changes. Whereas uh, Wakanga had tons of books and uh, had sort of like 
across nickel wires across the wall and jessamine had sort of snake motifs absolutely everywhere ifans is mostly decorated with lavish silks there is the occasional sort of skull of a dinosaur decorating one wall and on sort of little plinths and plaques in the um in the in the hallway there are a few odd bits and pieces here and there sort of bits of pottery and stonework and here and there there are there are some weapons but they look much older much more ancient um does he have any taxidermy about he doesn't have any specific taxidermy okay. although occasionally here and there you see sort of like a kind of leather upholstery kind of thing so sort of some of the some of the tables and some of the plinths have got this sort yeah. of leather uh, lining that you are pretty certain comes from various dinosaurs what's also interesting is that swooping back and forth first one or two maybe catch you by surprise but there's just several of them in brightly jeweled colors flying snakes just sort of swoop through these hallways and and about and actually most of them are just free flying like they appear to be flying from place to place and you see hung on the walls there are one or two uh almost like birdcage kind of things um but none of them closed all of them are just sort of flying back and forth and just sort of a couple come down and take a closer look at you and it's kind of interesting because they never stop they don't sort of hover in front of you they just sort of glide slowly around you just sort of with their with their sort of slit eyes staring at you and then flitter up into the up to the ceiling again snakes why did it have to be snakes <laughs> don't they remind you of you know if you've got a balloon like one of the long balloons and you and you blow it up and then you let go and it not, flies all over not the place. entirely sure don't balloons exist in Faerun just just gonna put that out there um <laughs> Of the what things, a, yeah, a very unfun world. Of the strange things that magic can produce, I'm not entirely sure anyone's quite got to the point of balloons. But that, yeah. I suppose, technically well, speaking, there's, yeah, there's no reason there wouldn't be balloons. But yeah, you think uh, like soles of shoes and things wouldn't be rubber; they'd be leather. You can't really make a leather balloon. You are led um, by uh, by um, a servant of some kind through Ifan's halls and eventually you come to a lounge and you are greeted um, by Volo who looks to you is very 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 happily sort of waves is like oh, hello my friends my friends Ifan please this is uh, these are the, the fisherman's friends and uh, he, he leads you in and Ifan is sat at the head of this table sort of looks towards you Noticeably, he doesn't get up, but he sort of, he, he raises his hand and his smiles in greeting at all of you. Even you, Zibi, the, the incident at the dino pens, as far as you can tell from his face, might never have happened. Now, Fan is quite an old man. He's got this sort of white, um, white sort of, uh, not exactly raggedy, but it's not very well-groomed beard around his chin has this sort of flat cap hat on his on his head with a little tassel coming off one side and is dressed in these kind of rich red and green robes that have this kind of geometric patterning that again match the kind of patterns you've seen drawn around um, the Enzaro. On his fingers you see one or two gold rings as he waves towards you and he, he gestures you and says, ah, come in, come in, join us. We're just in the middle of our main course. I'm afraid you've you've missed the starters of uh, of, of scrambled dino eggs, but um, we have the the main course ready for you. And he sort of clicks to the servant to have them bring you some food as you sit down. Does he provide something vegetarian for Siliqui? Noticeably, or... no. As the food comes through, all of it is various ribs and steaks, 
Um, and only the slightest amount of like lettuce or salad is provided. Uh, Siliqui just starts uh, picking bits of salad to put on her plate instead. Rana, <laughs> Rana seizes the largest piece of meat that he can physically manhandle in front of him. Zibi tells him to get off. Starts, and, then, <laughs> and then starts to eat it with a level of focus that is both unsettling, impressive, and genuinely frightening to anyone watching. Bearing in mind, Rana Rana has wild shaped twice significantly mm-hmm. earlier in the day and hasn't eaten and run before. away with an axe And he's well. run away and with run a away corpse that he couldn't yeah. eat. And yeah. Rana is so hungry at this point that anyone that distracts him <laughs> is probably going to get a nice shard to the face. <laughs> <laughs> If Anne smiles, sort of, as he's watching this, it becomes slightly more fixed as he's watching this. Just kind of like, <laughs> yes, okay. And just goes back to, to, to what he was doing. Uh, so per- Percival approaches, and uh, with, with his flurrying-ish flourish, um, he's, he's going to uh, kind of give a little half bow and a little flick of the hand. And he says, uh, my dear... Dear Fan Talra, I'm absolutely delighted to meet you. I am Percival Silverlight, and these are my compatriots. A pleasure to meet you, Master Silverlight. And he sort of he, he puts his hand forward to to shake yours. Uh, I I shake his hand and I and I give give a little <laughs> nod of the head as I'm doing so. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you notice that uh, Ifan has, he doesn't really clasp strongly, but he does, he just sort of, he half holds your hand. It's that sort of, it's not quite the limp fish, but it is kind of like he's sort of, he's holding you with the barest grip possible and then just lets go. And gesture to you, please join us. I believe first that business, I believe first and foremost, the business must be done on a full stomach. Tuck in, everybody, please. Try the uh, try the uh, the roast T Rex. It is. Uh, oh, I see. Yes, your friend has. Oh, I've taken the prime slice there. But by the looks of things, I wouldn't want to get in his way. I imagine. Uh, Rana's had a bit of a busy day, but he didn't get time for lunch. He's um, a little bit hungry. But uh, there is plenty. You could try some of the uh, some of the some of the rump cut, my, my dear. Would you Would you care for some, please? Fill your plate. Is he talking to me? Yes, he's looking at you, Silicon. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm very sorry. Um, Ifan, I, uh, I appreciate the offer, uh, but I don't actually eat meat. I don't eat, don't eat what? I don't eat meat. I don't eat animals. No, I um, I, I, I look after my body in a, in, a, in a way that I can't eat meat. I, I, I don't believe in it, and I, I, don't, I just can't. If other people want to eat it. I have no problem, but I can't eat it myself. He, he kind of has an aside to Volo, just kind of like, just like what? Just vegetarian doesn't eat meat. He just sort of shakes himself as if just sort of like, oh, that's. Just, Horrible. It's okay. Our, our friend Rana here has got enough of a stomach to battle for for several meat eaters. It often works. Rana's really not that bothered about the vegetables, and I I I'm not that bothered about the meat. So um, it, it balances out quite nicely. As as you say that, you you glance over and you see, like somewhat incredulously, Rana has put an entire velociraptor kidney into his mouth, and he's just. <laughs> He just he just eaten the entire thing, just like like a hamster cramming in peanuts. Swear I didn't have any kidneys provided for this evening. Yeah, um, <laughs> do you know what? I just I don't want to know. So, I mean, Zippy sitting there with sort of like a, a dinosaur drumstick in each hand, sort of like gnawing on one, and sort of, and he even he's like stopped and he's looking. He's like, bloody hell, Dan. 
Lana, make sure you chew. Don't choke. <laughs> little but little now, bites. Tell me. Tell me. I know why. <laughs> I know why. Of course, uh, Volo here is uh, is is with us this evening. Uh, by here, I mean, of course, in this city. But but yourselves, you you your fishermen's friends. Uh, what what prey brings you to our to our fair city? Ah, well, um, we are not just friends of fishermen, my dear Ifan, but we are friends of everybody, including all of the uh, particular high-ups in this city, if you know what I mean. I suppose I do. I, I work closely with the highest of our, uh, of our society, of course. Merchant princes, I assume you speak of? All of the merchant princes have, so far, have been absolutely delightful, and I'm sure you will be the most delightful and... And just confuses his words. Flattery, my dear boy, if we get you any... Excuse me. That's a terrible cough you've got there. Are you okay? It's fine. It's fine. It's The doctors tell me that it's just just a mild... Mild chest thing. It'll, it'll pass eventually. Do I believe him? Uh, roll me insight. Insight. Do, 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 do. 17. Uh, yeah, he appears to be telling the truth. Yeah, he just... Right, he, okay. He appears, yeah, he appears to have just this sort of hacking cough that he he, he, he believes is perfectly fine. Doesn't, doesn't think it doesn't seem to bother him too much, although, of course, it did... Stop in mid-sentence there, which can't have been yes. very pleasant. But, do, um, do I think, though, that, that that sounds like a hacking cough to me that, or, or that's quite normal? Or am I starting to get the impression that every single merchant prince in the city is starting to come down with uh, <laughs> is, uh, issues of, of, you know, interesting. Okay. curse? Or with, that, you know. with that insight, um, you can also tell that, for one thing, Ifan isn't necessarily hiding the cough, whereas Jessamine was yeah. hiding what was happening by having the sort of bindings on her arms, by covering herself. She was hiding yeah. that that state of decay that you know is coming on to those that have been resurrected. Ifan's cough is just just appears to be that. And while just he's wearing cough. these sort of lavish clothes, and yes, they cover the majority of his body, the cough doesn't seem to be anything particularly nasty. It just seems to be a cough. You get like you know you, you do get the impression that it's just oh, an it old man cough. Yeah, just an old man cough. Basically, it doesn't seem it's suspicious from that. Does he smell like tobacco? Like he's a smoker? There is a faint smell of sort of some sort of herb, some sort of smoky herb um, in the place. <laughs> but you're not entirely sure if that's the food or him. <laughs> okay. Does it smell like weed? Harry's eyes like bloodshot. <laughs> no, it does not smell like weed. No. Um, is what I can. Are you I sure it's not coming from Rana? Being how much he's eaten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, okay. But yes, uh, Ifan Ifan sort of uh, just says and says, "Tell me, what uh, you say? You, you're you're mingling with the, the highest of society here. What um, what exactly is your uh, is your business then? In in short terms, of course, we'll discuss true business once we've finished. Of course. Well." In, in... you lost for words for once. No, no, no. I just think there's a little bit of delay on my my. Uh, yeah, I think my, just my delay. brain. My and speaking yeah, voice. Yeah. It's just. I mean, other than the delay in my brain, <laughs> yes. Um, um, no, I, I think that uh, essentially we are here to uh, look for 
a certain artifact or possibly a, 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 a person even who is possibly better known as the Death Curse. The Death Curse? Yes. You mean this horrible plague that's been sweeping the land? Hey, that's the one. Oh. Yes. And you believe it's here in Cholt? Oh, we're almost positive. Very much so. I see if you're, if you are certain, the whereabouts in Cholt? Aye. Hopefully not here. I hope. Hey, well that's the rub. We know it's here somewhere, but um, it's a wee bit tricky trying to pin it down. Yeah, we do need to try and find it. If we knew where it was, we'd be trying. You know, we'd be there now trying to uh, stop it. We are. Let's see. Yes, we are trying to search and find it, and um, I think it not only could. The, the root of it be anywhere in Chult, but the, um, the death curse itself is, is basically all over Chult. It's um, spread oh, far and wide. It's all over the world, my dear. Have you not been hearing the yes. stories? Found it in uh, as far south as Zesapur, as far east as the Sea of the Seven Stars. Aye, all of those places. All over Faerun. It's a terrible thing. Terrible. And a good thing if you're trying to stop it. It goes all the way north to the Ten Towns, all the way. It's just awful. Uh, we might be coming to visit uh, all of you to see if you can give us any assistance as well. So uh, um, have a wee think about what you might be able to do there. Ah, oh, that's that's quite easy, my, my good sir. I, of course, can provide you with dinosaurs for a price, of course. I'm no charity. Hey, we're not asking for charity, but uh, a wee bit off the top might be nice. Although, saying that, while we're on the, <laughs> on the uh, subject of charity, um, have you heard of the um, Order of the Gauntlet? Order of the Gauntlet? Yes. Uh, I've heard of their, uh, their fool's errand into the jungle. I've also heard, as a matter of fact, that we are apparently entertaining one of their patrons. Uh, who was that? Oh, silly man by the name of... Uh, Dashhound, I think. Oh, let it. Uh, I forget his name. Oh, Daxon. Yeah, he's a lovely chap. Yeah. Well, um, the thing is, is um, as much as from what you said about the order, you think it might be a silly job. They are putting their lives at risk for everybody here to help prevent the undead coming into Port Nianzaro. They are fighting tooth and nail um, to try and, and take out as many of the undead as possible. Um, to make it a safer place. Also, I mean, the the man knows all of this already because he's an intelligent man. Of course I am, yes. But out the goodness of their hearts, they're doing this. They, they are getting no payment. They and No, he, that's he, all well and good, Siliqui, but how would this benefit our good friend Ifan here? Just the point I was going to make myself. I see you were a man of business, Mr. Silverlight. Indeed. Now... I, I think my my friend here, Siliqui... The way I see it, the way it's, I see it, this, this order went out into the jungle. Who asked them to? No one did. The undead were there. We have our city yes. walls protecting us. Portney and Zaro needs no help from the Order of the Gauntlet. And yet they went out there themselves and they... This is not... This is not... Not the time. Not the time. We are eating now. Let us talk of something... Let us talk of something perhaps a little more... Uh, a frivolous fun yes your name for example the uh the fisherman's friends yes. i have i've been interested how you came up with such a <laughs> uh, such well. a, a a peculiar exotic name well back in our uh, 
the Onsword Coast. I'm loving it. Back in our in our, uh, Sword Coast, there's is a particular type of um, lozenge which is able to help people's throats. And as we are the heroes of the throat, we kind of figured it might work. We might be stupid, <laughs> but there is a connection. But we know our brand. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to be on brand. Uh, They're Volo, paying us quite a lot, you know. Volo, at this point, uh, <laughs> pipes up and uh, starts to essentially sing your praises. Um, and over the course of about maybe a half hour or so as you guys eat, uh, between uh, Volo and yourselves, um, you kind of tell the tale of uh, your fight in the gauntlet. I'd like somebody, I get the impression that it's mostly Percival, to make a performance check. I like the idea that seeing as Rana is eating in such a spectacular manner, he should be allowed to make a performance role for his value in entertaining the other dinner guests with his <laughs> shocking performance. <laughs> How many things I could fit in my that mouth have advantage or disadvantage? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it depends on your perspective, really, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll give, I'll give you, I'll give you that. Uh, roll me, roll me a performance as well, Rana, and let's see, let's see what you get for terrifying the bejesus out of people. Um, six, oh, God. which probably emphasises <laughs> the terrifying bit of that sentence. Yeah, it's not really. Yeah, it's not entertaining. It's a spectacle, sure. Um, yeah, maybe not. Maybe more of the kind of yeah, nauseating mm. than uh, than 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 entertaining. Um. But uh, for the actual come one, come all, come watch the nauseating Rana eat an entire steak. <laughs> for the telling, uh, for the telling of the actual, of the actual defending of the throat. Um, who's going to be rolling a performance? And yes, they can. Be uh, well, uh, I think Percival because he's, you know, the lovely mm-hmm. of the group, but with advantage for us helping him. I, I, I am. I'm not in like hugely, hugely charismatic, but I have a bit. Um, well, I haven't got. Cockle, really, for charisma, but okay. Um, for I mean, I've only in got terms of two. thematicness, it kind of makes sense because Percival's the one initiating. Yeah, and being that Percival's all unless unless Zibby, because Zibby, because yeah, in fairness, Zibby did a really good job of doing the tale the other night in the pub. He did. Um, so um, well, yeah, I've got. Uh, was it persuasion or was it um, performance? Performance. Uh, I've got a plus one on performance. I've got plus two. Same I two. Imagine per- but. Percival is sort of famed, and therefore. I mean, I can do it. I, c- I can just do it with advantage, and we we go with whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. Go on, Fine by okay. me. Do you reckon? Yep. yep. Percival. Um, Percival yeah. at advantage. All right. I'm doing two at the same time. Oh, that would have been so good. Um. <laughs> so that is eleven. Nine and a two. So that's an eleven. Yeah. Okay. All right then. So you tell the tale, and with both um, both Zibby and Siliqui, rather not so much. Um, but and but you also have Verlo helping you. You tell the tale of the defence of the throat, and you get the impression um, from a fan that he's sort of he's listening. He doesn't seem as enthralled as say Akeni was, whereas Akeni was kind of mm. intensely interested in you know what you guys were doing, and that seemed to be even more just being in tune with her own interests. If fan is kind of he's listening, and you can tell he's basically saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the at the moments yeah. when you pause, out of 
out of a reaction, out of out of a sort of like reflex, not a genuine reaction. He's just sort of yeah. He's listening, taking it in, but he's you know he's making polite acknowledgements of of what you're saying rather than being enthusiastic about it. Yes. Okay. Um, dinner starts to sort of wind down. The food starts to uh, rather finally gets to the end of his you know mountain of meat that he's been eating through um and is still looking around for more i kind of assume um but dinner starts to sort of uh, wind down the sort of the the food is taken away again Siliqui, you uh, over the course of the meal if Anne, yeah if Anne has constantly <laughs> been trying to say sort of like trying to almost like even though you guys are a little way away he's been sort of trying to waft some of the smell of the meat to you trying to tell you just like please eat up eat whatever you like and you've been refraining trying to go for salads but you've realized that the only salads that are there are really they're at best they're sort of wilted sort of barbecue barbecue salads that have been brought as a last minute thing um it's really yeah there's there's nothing substantial there um in terms of a vegetarian meal um and in fact even when they sort of bring out these sort of uh these sort of basically baked potatoes even they are kind of they're stuffed with like mints and stuff like that um, oh, which means God. you have to kind of like scoop that out before you can actually have the uh, have the potato. And the fan is kind of there. Cause you're kind of like he seems not necessarily offended by the fact that you're not eating the meat, but he definitely is sort of like, what is wrong with you, woman? Um, he clearly just has no no tolerance for vegetarianism mm-hmm. or veganism. It seems um, that's. That's very clear over the course of the meal. However, as you wind down now, your sort of wine is brought out, and uh, and uh, uh, Ifan himself is sort of drinking. It seems to be sort of the kind of tedge, the kind of beer of Portney and Zara, rather than true wine. But wine is brought out yep. for those that want it. And uh, talk starts to move around to the initial reason that Volo was there. Volo starts up his sort of his pitch, basically, of selling to Ifan. Um, his book, Volo's Guide to Monsters. I'm amazed that Ifan doesn't have it already. <laughs> Being, you know, well, amused. that's the thing. Initially, Ifan's point is very direct, much like he was with you saying being direct to sort of say, you know, the order went out there. You know, he clearly doesn't think the order was doing a very mm. good job. In the same sense here, he's kind of like, I already know everything I need. So I, I don't personally need your book. Um, yeah. But Volo seems to be sort of going for no, no, no. But you can you can provide the book. You can you can you you can be the source of this uh, this book being provided to your citizens, um, or even to your to your handlers or to your catchers that go out to uh, uh, go out into the lands. And Fan in turn is sort of seems to be questioning Volo now and seems to be sort of looking towards more what actually is Volo's experience with dinosaurs. And as Volo's sort of talking, you realise that he seems to be sort of. You're not entirely sure he has a lot of experience with dinosaurs, and it seems like your fan maybe, maybe possibly picking right. up on that. Is there anything in particular that you guys want to do at this point, as as the talk is revolving around this? Because at the minute, if it's mostly between a fan and Volo, but you guys can sort of chime yeah. in here. If you want. Who's sitting closest to a fan on the same side? So as Volo is the one actually sat to his right hand side. Which is where, which is where he sort of puts his glass the most often. Um, on the left-hand side, I mean, it's up to you guys. You sort of have two seats either side of Ifan, and then one seat across from him um, on a sort of a rectangular table. So you guys can choose. Um, uh, can who decide do you think where is going to try and? Who's I will. Try and slip him the, 
I, I will. You will. You will. Yeah. Okay. okay, so you should be sitting nearer to him. So you would sort of be sat on maybe his left-hand side as you guys came in. So uh, Volo's on his right, you're on his left. Um, I don't know who else would be next to them. Um, next I'm to going to sit next to Volo, so I'm going to sit on the opposite side. Okay. Um, so, so Zubi and Rana, are you guys going to be... Do you guys particularly care about which way around you are, or are you not fast? No, I don't think Rana's fast. No? Okay. Rana, you're going... Like, Rana is... Rana is, is smeared with, with grease and bloated but happy. So Rana will just take the path, path of, least, of least resistance at this stage. As, as the drinks are brought out, a, uh, a waiter comes over to you with a sort of a small platter of very warm, wet towels um, and just sort of proffers them to you. Okay. Um, Rana takes the towel, sniffs it, and then he scrubs smells, it all over his face. Smells slightly lemony. Yeah, he... he, <laughs> he, he, he he sort of he nibbles it slightly. Nothing, obviously. Then sort of he falls the face. He, he he scrubs it over his face, but then he conspicuously he rubs it over the back of his neck, as well, as though he's almost giving himself like a bit of a flannel wash. And he he rubs it over the back <laughs> of his neck and stuff, and over his hands. And then it's it it's almost like it's almost congealed. I mean, he just sort of he, he hands it back hands it back to the waiter, um, without really paying much attention. Okay conspicuously they don't seem to offer it to the rest of you and that seems to be a comment on the fact that the rest of you are fairly well groomed still where <laughs> yes okay <laughs> not not coated in meat there seems to have been some unseen signal from the fan to, to just like clean this, <laughs> clean this one up <laughs> it's a mess yeah. Rana is totally oblivious to this he's just enjoying the fact he now he now smells faintly of a citrus fruit <laughs> and he likes fruit that's good. Uh, so back to back to the conversation between Volo and Ifan. Is there anything in particular you guys are going to chime in or say or yes. do just now? So Ifan, I, I, I know that you are the uh, the master of beasts. Um, it m- must be quite interesting for you to have uh, to have Volo here come in and and offer you some more information. Well, I mean, it's as I said, I already know what I need to know. I am in the trade of dinosaurs and flying snakes and what more do I need? Do I need to learn about the uh, what was that creature, the, the one from the caves, the, the drider? Do, do I need to know about driders from the Underdark? No, I do not. I do not. I need to know about dinosaurs and I have to say not been around dinosaurs all that much. I have to question how much your knowledge is worth. To me. Well, there are some lovely pictures in the book. Lovely pictures. The point is to read. <laughs> Indeed. And there's some lovely words in there also. Obviously, though, you you are the preeminent expert of uh, dinosaurs in this area. Perhaps you could share some of that knowledge with Volo. Maybe Volo could um, do another book that's um, all about the dinosaurs and your knowledge and um, and actually make sure that your name's in it so um, you get the credit for it. Or, or even you could co-write it. So the quest, like elbows follow under the table. Like, Make me a persuasion check, please. Who, me? Both of you, because you're both sort of Ooh. working on this together. Oh, well, I've got a natural one, so that's good. So, <laughs> Polo goes, oh, as you, as, you, as you nudge him on the side. And okay, hang on, hang on. Uh, persuasion? Uh, yeah, persuasion. <laughs> you did better. Almost, yes. Uh, that is actually an 18. Very nice. So goes, oh, I'm sorry, follow. I think I was a bit... Clo- I didn't, sorry, I, I know you're a bit smaller <laughs> than me. Sorry, I didn't mean to elbow you. I, um, 
It's blood it's running like down his nose. It's fine. Let me psych it's fine. out a little I, bit. I'm sure I didn't need those organs. <laughs> Hold his head back, Siliqui. It's, yeah. <laughs> As, uh, however, Ifan does seem to be intrigued at the idea of being sort of like... I suppose there is, there is something in that, I guess. And, Volo, have you... Have you made any deals with any of the other merchant princes? Volo, through through slightly watering eyes, just like, I, no, 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 I haven't. You would be, you would be the first, good sir, to to provide my uh, my esteemed uh, knowledge to adventurers that perhaps with this death curse uh, will be pouring into Port Nianzaro. Perhaps any of them could need my uh, my assistance in, in, in my book. Fan sort of strokes his beard and thinks about it and says, There's something in that. Very well, Volo, Fan, Gadal, I will. I will purchase your book. And I will sell it on. Under. Under my monopoly, of course. Information on beasts, the taming and finding of. I, I like this. I could sell this. Yes. And I think I know one or two book merchants that would be that would be willing to stock your book. And they start to they start to haggle back and forth on the price. Volo um, obviously insisting for a higher price to be sold so that a higher cut can be made. Is is there anything you guys want to do while they're talking through that? Um Siliqui, she's acting very elbowsy. Well, being that she elbowed Volo and, and it seemed like she attacked him by accident with her elbow, she's going to go with that. <laughs> um, and she gets her, I'm assuming she's got some kind of cloth napkin because it's, you know, Merchant Prince House, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Um, and she picks, uh, so she picks her um, napkin back off her lap um, and goes to slightly shake it um, and goes to reach for a drink. And she shakes it um, with her, sort of in, in her left hand, she reaches out and she shakes it accidentally knocks um, Ifan's glass over. Like, basically, she knocks into it. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. So, what that's going to be, what that's going to be, Siliqui, is uh, that's an attack roll. Oh, attack <laughs> attack the glass. She's just trying to um, yeah, that's, knock the glass over. No, 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 because no, specific... But that, you're literally saying you're trying to knock the glass over on purpose, so yeah, but that not, is, uh, that not is like an attack roll. Right. She's just trying to knock the glass yeah, over. It's so. an no, attack no, no, against I know, the glass. I know, but you're, you're, you're <laughs> okay. an attack against the glass, so it's whether or not you can hit the glass accurately. So it's a, so it is a, um, so it is an attack with a improvised weapon, essentially. There, so it's going to be <laughs> what the, the uh, napkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's basically like it's slightly damp, maybe. You know, like a wet towel. Whip it. Yeah. Whip do, it real do good. you have? Do I have? Do you have uh, silicone? Even do you have proficiency with uh, improvised weapons at all? I don't. I don't think you do. No. Um, would it no. say under? Would it just be weapons and then? It'd be yeah. It'd be just be? under weapons under your proficiency uh, on your indie page. In that respect, then could you just no. use the the napkin as a kind of cover and flick it? With her hands, because she's proficient with her hands. Well, yeah, I've hit it with my hand. Basically, she's. Well, that's she's, the thing. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to just, if you want to just punch it with your hand, yeah, you can do that. But you said you're using your napkin to sort of flick it, like no, no, a no, sort no. of I'm twist out. it and flick. No, no, Is that I'm, not? I'm flicking out the napkin, like I'm shaking it out. 
But I hit the... Distraction. I, I'm hitting the... Um, as in like, oh, I'm just, um, you know, getting rid of the crumbs or whatever onto her plate. But she's hitting the, the but, um, but, but glass again, of her hand. But again, that's... You're using essentially an improvised weapon to hit an object to knock it over. No, she's, so she's it is trying an improvised... to knock the, uh, the glass over with her hand while flicking, like, while shaking out the. Um... If you imagine holding a napkin and you're sort of shaking, and then you accidentally hit something with your hand I while doing it. Think you're. I think you're stalling. Roll me a d20 <laughs> and add your dexterity. <laughs> no, that's, what, that's what my plan was. That's why I said punched it. Start with right d20. Nineteen. Wow. Ha. Okay, that's, yeah, to be honest, that's the, yeah, you see? Whole lot of arguing. <laughs> didn't need that hullabaloo. Regardless of what you're using, you hit the damn thing. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. Um, let me get that for you. And then, and she picks the glass up and put, and purposely puts it the other side of him and, and starts using her napkin to wipe up any spillage. So she moves it more towards her. So, as that happens, Ifan is definitely, he sort of, he, 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 in the middle of it, he sort of, he throws up his hands and is like, oh, for God's sake, woman, pay attention to what you're doing. I'm very clumsy today. I don't know what's got into me today. I'm very sorry. Very clumsy. You had to lean over, you had to lean over Volo there to knock the damn thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. In fairness, Volo is quite small. No offence, Volo. It's not hard to lean I mean, over Volo. Just... Oh, it's fine. It's fine. And he sort of he, he clicks to get a get a servant to come over who comes with a with a uh, picture of um, picture of Tedge. And he comes over and he, he he picks it up. He does pick it up in his left hand where you've placed it. And he he goes to have it poured and he sets it back down as you're sort of leaning across. So is he paying attention to this drink at the moment? Not right now. What I would say is, if you want to try and slip something in just now, you can make it with advantage because he is. But if you wait too long, he won't be with advantage. Uh, but is the person still there as well? Like who just poured the drink? Is the lady just stood right there? Well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait oh, no, until no. they. <laughs> yeah. So the point of the stealth, stealth check is to cover all of that, oh, okay. regardless mm-hmm. of when he makes it, regardless of where the person is standing. It will still be a sleight of hand check. Yeah. Right now, it will be made at advantage because you've made this. Distraction. Okay. Oh, so, but if he waits too long, yeah. Yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yep. There is, there is no, no pussyfooting around with this. Okay, so right. sleight yep. of hand. Make a sleight of hand from you, Percival, and you can make it an advantage. Okay. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs>